welcome to another episode of the Everyday Expertise Podcast. I'm your host, Rollin Martin. And today I'm going to be doing another episode by myself. So yes, another solo episode. And unlike the transitional episodes that I did the last couple weeks, this one's going to be a little bit more in line of my Everyday Expertise theme. Um, except instead of having a guest on, I'm going to talk about one of my hobbies. And uh, that is running. So uh, first things first here, um, like a l- number of my guests have said, and when I've had them on, I don't know if they've all said that, said it on the air, but they've often said to me that they don't consider themselves to be an expert on the area that they're talking about. And usually I think what they mean by that is that they still have a lot to learn and they don't want to give the impression that they know the, the most of anyone about their particular subject area, uh, that kind of thing. And um, so I'm meaning the same thing when I'm saying that, but I'm going to say it just a little bit differently than, than what most would say. And the way I'm going to say it is that the ex- an expert doesn't get much more every day than me talking about running. But it is something that, it's a hobby that I've enjoyed over the last few years, and I have a few stories and experiences to share in, in talking about running. And hopefully it will be enjoyable for you and you can learn some things from it. So, first of all, a um, few things to talk about. Currently, I'm not actually a runner. And the last run that I went on was a few months ago, and it was with about two kilometers left in the virtual marathon that my brother Ricky and I did uh, back in October. And I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. So I'm not currently doing any training or, or going out for runs. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the two marathons that I've done. So I did one in the fall of 2019 and um, the virtual marathon that I already mentioned just uh, last year. And uh, both a lot of both experiences were a lot of fun. So before that, I'd done a, a little bit of shorter races and that kind of thing. So I'll talk some about that and some about my experience. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I'm not currently out training. Um, not not something that I tend to do all the way through the year. And um, so you can kind of, maybe that's a disclaimer in, in the experience that I'm talking about here as a runner. The last few years, though, I've usually taken a break over the winter. And uh, I guess you could say that's what I'm in right now. But I usually find that when March rolls around or maybe um, it starts to warm up as we get into April, I often find that I'm getting the itch again to get out and uh, start running and start training. And we'll see how that goes. See if I become a runner here when this spring rolls around again. Usually when I finish my goal of of the race that I'm working for, working towards and um, again I got this feeling when I finished the race back last October I'm usually really glad to be done training for a while and I think oh I, I accomplished my goal I've, I've I'm finished I don't need to go out and uh, and do it again and uh, usually I think maybe it's it's time to give up running and uh, and not do something else for a while but uh, I've, I've had that thought for the last few years, and usually by the time the spring rolls around, I'm, I'm itching to get out again. So I'm, I'm in the, right now I'm in the mode where I'm content to, to not be a runner. I'm pretty happy with, with where I am in that, in that case, but, uh, but we'll see if that changes here in a few months. 
So today I'm going to tell some of the some of the story of how I got into running and uh, some of the experiences that I had along the way. And at the end, I'm going to give a few tips that I picked up or thought of from my experience with running. So where did it start for me? Well, as a kid, I really enjoyed running. We had track and field day, we called it at school, and I, my favorite events were always the, the running events, but it was always the short races. I was a pretty fast runner, and so usually I would finish first or in first or second place in those short sprints. And uh, we did a few races, but I considered anything longer than about 400 meters to be a really long race. So I was not into long distance racing at all. I wasn't into cross country running or anything like that. It was kind of funny to think back to because I remember back when I was probably 11, 12, about in that age range, maybe in grade five or six, our school did what we called a long distance race. But what it was, was it was the, our track was simply around the perimeter of the school property. And I don't know if it, I, I don't have a good picture of distances in my mind. And uh, thinking back to it, I'm not sure how long it actually was. I don't know if it was over just over a kilometer or, or just under, but I don't think it could have been too much more than one kilometer. So it wasn't uh, very much a long distance race, but we, we considered it to be pretty long. And uh, I, I remember I hated that race. I thought it was too hard. It left me um, too tired. And I think I had a kind of a bad experience with it where I didn't feel very good for, for a while after running it. And so I kind of had in my mind that, that I was no good at long distance running. But sometime during my grade eight year, I think it would have been about 14, I don't remember what caused this, but my cousin Logan and I, he'd lived just um, the other end of, the, of uh, the orchard property that we lived on. We decided to, to start going for a jog a few times a week. And we had a route uh, along kind of a uh, not busy side road that we would run on every time. And we kind of had a, 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 a plan that we would follow. We, our route would be that we'd run out the road for about a kilometer. And then we had a certain point where we would stop and, and take a walking break for, for a few minutes. And uh, then we'd start running again. And it was probably that second run was a little bit over a kilometer then uh, that we would run. And every, I think it was about every other day that we would go for this run, we would extend the distance that we did in that second part of that run by one hydro pole. So it wasn't big, but we kept pushing ourselves a little bit where we'd, um, every day we just run a, a little bit further. And I don't remember if, if this was part of what inspired, inspired us to get out and run, but that year when track and field rolled around, track and field day rolled around in probably June, it was right around that time that we had been doing the, this this running of a couple of kilometers at a time. The I remember in that that particular day, I really gave it my all in the 800 meter race, which I think would have been the longest race that I did. And um, it was still not a not a race that most of my fellow students enjoyed, and I hadn't up to that point either. And probably because of that our teacher decided to jump in and run it with us just to, I guess, inspire us. And so it, uh, it, 
he wasn't his place didn't count or anything like that but um but i remember him running he had a, i think he had if i remember correctly he had enjoyed cross country running when he was in school and so it had had fun doing runs like that and i remember it was a, a really close battle i just lost to him and so i finished first place of course uh compared to the rest of the students and uh yeah i just remember it it being a really good experience and and realizing that hey there is a there it is possible to get to run longer distance to run faster for for longer distances if you do a little bit of training but i never got uh, that the the regular running ended soon after that i didn't pick it up regularly um for for a number of years um after that there'd be the occasional time that i remember maybe ricky and i would would uh, start a little bit of a running program for uh, for a week or two, but it uh, never never took it very seriously. Where I started getting serious about running or doing uh, running training regularly was when I was a student at Faith Builders. So this would have been getting close to ten years ago now. I would have been about twenty, and I remember a few of my friends were were getting up and going running occasionally in the morning and I don't remember what exactly inspired it but I decided to to join them the one morning so I got up a little bit early went out and uh, tried or just decided to get out for a run and I hadn't hadn't been doing any training or anything up to that point but I, f- I thought well I'm I'm in a fairly good shape it shouldn't be that too 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 bad and I don't think I was starting off too fast or anything like that but I still have a distinct memory of about a kilometer into that run just gasping for air and barely able to continue I think after about a kilometer I had to stop and walk for a little bit before I was able to to run very much um, more than that and I just remember it being a, a very painful experience but for some reason, I decided to stick with it and and continue trying it over the next few weeks. And also at the same time, this was down in Pennsylvania where I was going to school, a local town, just a small town, put on a five-kilometer race, 5K every summer. And it was right about that time. It was just a couple weeks, I think, after I started getting, or since I had that first painful run. And again, a few of the my fellow students were going to run it. And so with a few days before, I decided that I was going to give it a, ch- a chance and, and go out as well. And it was a small enough town or a small enough race that we could just go and register right there. So I hadn't planned uh, too much before it to, to uh, go ahead and join this race. But I went out and... Um, and ran it. That was the first official race that I had ever done. And uh, the really neat thing that I remember about it is even though it was a really small race, they gave out a gold, a silver, and a bronze medal for the best time in every age category. And it was quite amazing. They probably had five or six different age categories, even though there couldn't have been more than 50 runners in the entire thing. I don't think so. I think quite a quite a large percentage of the runners got a medal. But anyway, it was a small enough group that 
I finished third in my male age group. And even though it was not a good run by, by any stretch of the imagination, I was able to take a bronze medal away from it. It was, it was actually a really nice medal. So that was, a, that was a neat experience. The other thing that sticks out to, to me from that run was as I was kind of walking, walking it off and resting after completing the race and feeling pretty good, I heard a, another runner say to, to one of his buddies that he doesn't know why anyone would take drugs when you can experience such a, such a good high from finishing a 5K race. And I heard this at the same time that I was feeling really good after completing the race. You still have that, that adrenaline is still kicked in, but you don't have to have that pain of having to, to continue forward anymore. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. It's like, yeah, it is. There is really an adrenaline rush that comes from finishing, uh, especially a race with all the, the support around you, the fellow runners and the, the people um, helping out, supporting and, and cheering you on. But even after a, a training run, it is a really good feeling to, to finish, to have completed something. And um, it's, there's definitely um, a good feeling that's left in your mind and your body after finishing a, a good workout like that. So anyway, after that race, it was kind of on and off, off and on from the le- for the next few years. I would go through periods, sometimes a few weeks at a time, where I would be consistent with getting out a few times a week for a training session, but it was never more than two or three kilometers at a time. I, I was not seriously invested in it. I was, um, was probably, it was as much as anything just to maybe be in a little bit of shape, but I wasn't passionate about it and not something that, that I did for long periods of time. So after being at Faith Builders for two years, I moved back home in 2013 and wasn't thinking about getting into running or anything like that um, after being home for a few months. But it would have been September of that year when I decided that I was going to join our church pickup hockey um, game that we played every week. And uh, I think it was the first game that year. I remember after just a few shifts, sitting on the bench and just gasping for air, like I could hardly breathe. And I'm guessing it had something to do with with getting used to the cold temperature again. It was still September, so it was still warm outside, but um, being in a hockey arena, it was quite cool. And uh, but also just the the short bursts that that you of skating when when playing hockey, I, I just wasn't used to that and realized that I again was in just horrible shape. And so that inspired me to pick up running. I think within a week of that, I got out, started getting out regularly and going for short runs. And at the same time, I again decided to look for a local race in the area to sign up for and found a 5k and uh, so for the next couple months that was a really good motivator to get out regularly and train and um, yeah it's kind of kind of got back into it started doing just slightly longer runs I it was probably still most of them were averaging about two or three kilometers at a time but um, was inching up a little bit more than I had been doing in the past and also at the same time my cousin Anthony 
had decided to run a marathon. And I think I talked about that a little bit in the intro to the episode where I had him on, where he was talking about fitness. And um, so he would occasionally, I would occasionally join him for a small part of his longer training runs that he was doing. And he actually joined me then for that 5K that I did in uh, the fall of 2018, uh, 2013. So yeah, that kind of got me back into it. And again, I after that, I stopped doing it for a while. I would pick up training occasionally over the next um, few years. But but um, yeah, wouldn't have wouldn't say I got into it seriously until again in uh, 2016. Um, leading up to the the time that I got married. And um, as I would occasionally pick it up over that time, I started noticing, and especially noticed this in the spring of 2016 when I started, when I got back into running at that point, what I was really noticing, or I noticed for the first time, is that as I would start my training, I was able to get to work up to longer distances quicker than I had in the past. And that was really encouraging because I started realizing that the times of training that I had done over the last few years, even though I wasn't sticking with it, it, w- it seemed to be building a foundation or uh, I think physical strength, but also some mental strength that I was able to more quickly build up to, to longer distances and, and quicker times. And so that was a really encouraging thing to realize that um, when I got back into the running in 2016. We got married in 2016 and moved to the small town of Hawksville. And that meant that the running I did from that point on was mostly on lonely country roads. And I thought of a few stories to share from from a couple of my runs, a couple of my many runs over those those uh, few three and a half years that we lived in Hawksville. One of the shorter routes that I did was went over a buggy bridge is what we called it. What it was was just a concrete bridge that sat, it didn't have any railings and it sat just about a foot or two above the the river that it crossed. And so most of the time it was fine to, to run across, but occasionally in the spring, if there had been a lot of snow melting at one time, the river would actually get deep enough that it would cover the bridge. It didn't happen all the time, but it would happen occasionally. And uh, one day in March, when I was just getting back into running for that spring, I decided, since it was a shorter run, that I would take the route over the bridge. Didn't think too much about it. And when I got closer to the bridge, I saw that there was a little bit of ice covering the the bridge and I didn't think too much of it I thought okay I'll just be careful when I'm running across the ice so that I don't slip I think I saw looking ahead that it would probably take a few steps on the ice so it was it was I couldn't jump over it it was a little too much ice for that but after I took my first step onto it I realized that it wasn't actually ice it was water about three or four inches deep with just a thin layer of slush on top of the water that made it look like ice. And so I was, uh, after my first step, I had too much momentum to stop. So I just continued running through it. And that meant about two or three steps uh, were taken in this cold water that was up over my ankles. And so that was not a very nice experience, a little bit unexpected. 
And uh, for the next couple minutes of my run, I also had this somewhat disturbing thought of what if it would have been um, a little deeper water and it was rushing a little bit, like the, the water was high and so it was, it was flowing a little bit faster than normal. And I had the disturbing thought of what if it would have swept me away and here I would have been floundering in this cold water when I was just trying to go out for a run on, on lonely country roads. And uh, so that was a little bit of an uncomfortable and scary experience when I thought about maybe what could have happened if it, if it would have been any worse. Another day when I was out on a, for a run on a, on a lonely country road, this time it was in the afternoon and in the fall, and I was running along, um, wasn't paying too much attention to my surroundings, when suddenly I sensed a presence beside me. It seemed like someone was really close, and so I turned and looked, and here another runner had snuck up behind me and was running beside me. And uh, so we got to talking, and I actually, I actually did recognize him right away. I, I confirmed then who he was, and um, I, I recognized him because he was the organizer of a local half marathon um, that was done in St. Clements every year, which was a town neighboring Hawksville. And he was a, a world-class marathoner. And in years past, had actually won the Boston Marathon, which is a fairly prestigious title. And so he was running marathons, at least at that time, in just over two hours. So, so just incredible. Wesley Career was his name. And uh, so we talked for a few minutes. I was, at the time, I was training to run the Toronto Waterfront Marathon in a, in a month or two from, from that point. So I was telling him about that. And he was telling me a little bit about his experiences and uh, it, was, it was just a really neat and encouraging um, time to have someone to run with for a few minutes and to, to hear a few of his stories and hear the encouragement that, that he gave. He told me that he had seen me running up ahead and so he had sped up a little bit to catch up to me and talk to me. And uh, yeah, it was just totally unexpected and um, to <laughs> out, on, out on this road where I hardly ever saw another runner to have someone totally unexpectedly catch up to me and run with me for a little bit. So one of the, the neat experiences while I had uh, while running in, in Hawksville. So as I was saying, I, as I would get back into training, I found myself being able to go further. And so I also started signing up for longer races. And in both 2016 and 2018, I ran in that local half marathon that I was talking about in St. Clements. And I'm not going to talk too much about that, but if you want to um, see the story of, of one of those times, the second one, the one that we did in 2018, turned out to to happen on a really hot day. It was in September, so we weren't expecting very hot temperatures. But um, I did all, all right, but Ricky, who was running it with me, had a much tougher time with it and actually experienced some heat exhaustion. And he talks about that in, in a video that he made about the experience, if you want to know more about that. So anyway, I did those two races in 2016 and 2018. Did them both with Ricky which was a lot of fun. And then when 2019 rolled around, I realized that it might actually be possible to realize a dream that I had had and realize that, that this dream was, was maybe going to be possible. So going back a little bit on this, 
back in 2011, when I'd started running regularly, right around that time, I happened to get to know, I think it was about three people that were into running marathons at the time. And I was quite fascinated by this. I enjoyed hearing their stories, would, would ask them questions about their training, their experiences with running, and, and really enjoyed talking to them about running marathons. And I kind of put into the back of my mind that maybe, maybe I could do that someday, but it seems so far off. I was, like I'd said, I was gasping after running for a kilometer. And so it seemed like a crazy goal to be able to, to work up to running 42.2 kilometers. But by the time I got to the end of 2018, ran my second half marathon and 2019 rolled around and I was realizing over the last few years that every time I'd start training, I was able to build up a little faster, was uh, seemed to, to have a base that both mental strength and physical strength that I could go back to every time I'd start training. So I decided that maybe it was possible to, to try to do a marathon. So in October of 2019, well, obviously, well before that, um, Ricky and I decided that we were going to run the Toronto Waterfront Marathon in October of 2019. And again, I'm not going to say a whole lot about that experience because Ricky did a video of that too. He likes to do videos of our, of our races. But I do have one story to share that I want to talk just a little bit about. And uh, this is in the video, so if you've seen that video, you know a little bit about it. But uh, it's the story of, of our little interaction with, with another runner named Joaquin. And um, how it happened is in the last, probably the last 10 kilometers or so of the race, I started noticing that there was another runner that seemed to be always around us. So uh, close by, either a little bit ahead or a little bit off to the side as we were, we were running and, and trying to, to finish. And I uh, didn't think much of it, but afterwards I did realize that, that I had definitely noticed that he was there. And with just a few K to go, we had, Ricky and I had taken a drink at um, a, a pit stop where they were handing out drinks, and we had always been... It's just easier to, to, to drink from a cup, and we wanted all the water in the cup, I guess. And so we had stopped to walk while we were going by the table. And uh, when we threw our cups away and we started running again, I noticed that this, this fellow runner was uh, just ahead of us and jogging really slowly like he was letting us catch up. And then when we did catch up to him, he said to us, Oh, there you guys are. I had been uh, watching for you, and uh, he told us that he had been running close to us or trying, kind of trying to stick with us, and he had lost us for a little bit when we had slowed down at the, at the drink table, and so he was glad to have, have found us again. And here we realized that he was kind of using us for support, even though we, we, uh, didn't, real, or we didn't, didn't know that. And um, so he was running this marathon alone and uh, had kind of identified us with someone that was running about the same speed and um and could kind of yeah get support from uh from us so over the the last few k of the race we talked a little bit he told us what his experience was and what had brought him to to that race and it was it was just really good to have someone to to chat with a little bit didn't have a lot of energy or strength left at that point 
But then when we got to the finish line, we celebrated together and it was uh, just a, a really fun um, way to end the race and a neat experience that happened to us there. Last year then, and uh, because of the pandemic, the, the race didn't happen in Toronto. We were planning to do it again. But uh, they were they organized this, what they called a virtual marathon, where people could plan their own route and, uh, and run a full marathon. And uh, so we decided to give that a try. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Ricky had this good idea of, of planning our route to go by a few of our relatives' places. There was <laughs> a marathon is a long enough route, and there are a few relatives that live close enough that we were able to to have our road go past their places and got them to give us some some drinks and some um, snacks as we went by. And uh, so that was a really fun experience. But uh, leading up to the to the marathon, it was a really busy time with my studies and I'd had a few late nights the week before and I wasn't feeling quite a hundred percent going into going into the race, but decided I'm gonna give it my best shot. First 30K went really well. I, uh, I, th- I think it may be, at least the way I was feeling, I, I was feeling at least as, as good or better than I had the year before in the first 30K. But then 30 to 35, those five kilometers were really tough. And uh, we had a pit stop set up where Ricky's wife and Joy and my son Seth um, and my parents also showed up. Um, they they kind of had a pit stop area ready for us at a, at a pre-planned place. And by the time we got there, I was in so much pain and I was so exhausted that I could hardly control my emotions. It was just, uh, I just felt so drained and, and so out of control. It was yeah, it was not a not a fun feeling. I remember like it was everything I could do to not just like break down in tears um, at that point because I just felt so exhausted. Um, but anyway, I worked up enough courage and uh, I, I told Joy to, to just drive ahead about two kilometers, just make sure I was still okay at that point and um, felt a little better. I'd gotten some food into me at that point or at that pit stop and um, we'd taken a bit of a break actually. Um, so decided to keep going, see if I could last the about seven kilometers that were left. And uh, the next five kilometers were tolerable, but I wasn't feeling great. And with about 2K to go, it was the weirdest feeling, but my legs just suddenly gave out. And I had, I didn't have, actually didn't have the mental capacity anymore to tell my legs to move anymore. And they just stopped running. And they could still walk, thankfully, but they couldn't run anymore. And yeah, I don't, maybe the way I would would describe it is, in my family, I'm one of the few that's not able to roll my tongue. My dad can't either. And um, so I remember sometimes then my siblings would, they'd be rolling their tongue and they I would try and they say why can't you do it it's so easy and I would say I, I just don't there's there's no place in my brain that tells me to be able to roll my tongue and it kind of felt like that I there didn't seem to be a place in my brain to tell my legs to run anymore and uh, so I just had to walk and it was actually just a little bit about um, before uh, our last pit stop, which was only about a kilometer and a half from the finish. 
And uh, so I walked up to that and we took a short break there again. And I told Ricky that I just, I can't run anymore. I don't have the mental capacity to force my legs to run. And I said, I'm going to try to to walk and try to finish. So we walked for another kilometer or so. And of course, since we were walking for that last little bit, the um, my parents were waiting at the finish line. We were finishing the race at their place. And uh, it was taking a while because it takes longer to walk than it does to run. And uh, so my dad started walking out to check on us. And he got out to us with about a kilometer to go. And uh, we walked with us for a little bit. And he, he asked me if I thought I'd be able to maybe run to, to finish the last kilometer or so. And I, I was feeling a little better. I'd, I'd uh, been, since I was walking, it was a little bit of a, a break. And I thought, I thought, yeah, I think I'd be able to, to possibly run for the little, last little bit. And uh, so I gave it a try and broke into a jog. And my first step of attempting to, to start running again, my leg just seized up and it was just super painful cramps <laughs> up my leg. And I decided it, it, my legs didn't have any more. I was not able to run. <laughs> so I was thankful able to walk and... and uh, finish it. So it was a little disappointing to not be able to finish it strong, but uh, I was glad that I was able to move for the entire 42.2 kilometers. And, uh, and even though it wasn't fin- uh, finished like I was hoping for, it was still a lot of fun and a, a really great experience to, to work up for it, to it and to do it, even though it was uh, in a, what we call a virtual marathon, um, not the actual event, but uh, really really good experience. So I was this past fall. That was the last time I ran was uh, with two kilometers left to go in the in the marathon. So will I get back into running? I suspect that in a couple months when spring starts to come again and things start to warm up, I'm pretty sure that the itch is going to hit me again to get out and run. I kind of think that I'm going to take a break from a marathon this year. I thought it might be good and fun to try doing some shorter races, maybe try to beat my personal best in a 5k or something like that and train a little bit more for a shorter race. It it does take a lot of time to train for a marathon and I've, I would say I've been doing bare minimum, like just doing enough training to be able to finish and didn't even quite manage to finish running at the last one. So if I'd want to get better times, increase, keep improving on my personal best, I think it would take even more training. And I'm not sure that I have enough willingness to to commit to to that amount of training. So I'm thinking with smaller, maybe a smaller distance, it wouldn't take quite as much time to train for that. So we'll see. We'll see where where um, that leads. But it's it's been a good experience up to this point. So to end this podcast yet, I thought I would share a few takeaways, three that I came up with from my experience with running. So maybe tips, maybe, uh, yeah, I'd say there are three tips here about uh, uh, from my running experience. The first one is that having someone to train and run with is a very powerful motivator. So if you have the, if there's someone that's willing to run with you, it's, uh, it's really a, a great thing. So my first experience with, with regular 
um, training was when I was 14 with my cousin Logan that I that I would meet regularly and and um, that's that keeps you accountable and uh, keeps you motivated. It was uh, fellow students that were getting into running that got me off the couch when I was student at Faith Builders. Uh, Ricky has been my my running a partner over the last few years at races especially because we lived in uh, different places for a couple of those years so we didn't do a lot of training runs together but um, we did races together and and held each other accountable through that time and then just uh, from my experience with um, Joaquin at the at the Toronto Marathon um, just yeah the power of having having someone to to run with and identify with um, you, just to, to not have to do it alone is, is really powerful. And having family come along and support us when we did the virtual marathon this past fall, that was a really great experience. Second uh, tip is to sign up for a race that gives you a goal to work towards with your training. I found that to be really, really helpful. All the way through, I've, I can look back and and I've kept at running over long, uh, at training over long periods of time because I've had uh, something to work towards, like a, a planned race. And uh, that's it's a really fun experience. And um, but it also keeps you motivated, gives you that goal to work towards. And like uh, I heard at the first race I was I did, it's uh, the feeling that you get at the end is a better high than drugs, apparently. And the third tip is be patient with your progress. It takes a long time of sticking with it to get to the point where you enjoy it. I would say for the first number of years of running, I was out, I would get up and, and run because of motivation besides enjoyment. But over the last years, few years, I would say that enjoyment is has has been a big motivator but it, it took a long time to get there it's an acquired taste it's um kind of like coffee i didn't like coffee the first time that i i tried it but i kept drinking it it didn't take too long before i enjoyed it and um I, this is a little bit of an aside but i recently heard a this idea that maybe passion is is doesn't just hit us but is something that we choose or something that we create. So it's an interesting thing to think about, but uh, it takes time to, to get to the point where you enjoy something like running. At least that, that was the case for me. And the other thing with, with patience and sticking with it is where you can, like me, get from, from the place where you're gasping for air after one kilometer to the point where you can survive running 42.2 kilometers. And um, it's... It doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a lot of time. But increase it one hydro pull at a time, and you might be surprised where you end up. That's all for now. Come back next week to learn from the expertise of everyday people.